You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Going right. It's the uh, calm after the storm for me. What's the storm? Well, I made a, a bat mitzvah this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm an old man now. Yeah, how was bat mitzvah? It went well. I think I still have some money left. Like, it's a, it was a lot of work. Just, like, setting up and, and like, uh, getting everything afterwards. There's, like, a lot of stuff. And then you're just stuck there with, like... You just like a hundred trips to the car, and like your house is a mess. And well, well, how much? Ha- well, how much stuff went on in your house? Nothing was in my house, but like the stuff was in my house. We had to get out of it. But um, no, we didn't. People didn't come to my house. Like, my we we hosted meals for sixty family members. Two meals for sixty family members this weekend in your house. No, 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 no. At a or at, in the synagogue. At, yeah, in the no, at a hall. Everything was in one room, and then we did. Then we did like a party for our fr- not a party, a kiddish, but like I don't know how to explain that to people. Who don't know what that is for our like friends. A reception. Yeah, like a reception. A reception. Uh, which is yeah. food that was for like a couple, few hundred people, and then uh, and then we did a bat mitzvah for her friends on Saturday night. So it was like four. Pa- so they're like four, four, four different there. parties. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. A but lot. you're happier still alive. Yeah, I'm happy it's over. I mean, there's a lot of family yeah. members still around. You can't really be at peace until everyone's out of town. Yeah. <laughs> But I think part of the problem like is the first kids. So the first kids, you always go way too far, and then you realize for the second kid, like, oh, we didn't need to do like ninety percent of that. Yeah, but my daughter has a lot of opinions. Like I said, oh, we like now we don't know what to do, and my my daughter who's eight, like in her mind, it's like this is a starting point for mine. Like at mine, there's you know there's going to be like <laughs> celebrities and and you know like she yeah she she wants it to be much bigger. She thought this was like a dinky and small for compared to what she wants. <laughs> so I don't know. All right, maybe it's different with boys. I don't know. I mean, I offered, I bribed her, I offered her, you know, like thousands of dollars if she could just like take four friends out to like movies and dinner. Yeah. And she literally and ran. She said, screw you, old man. No, she went crying to her mother immediately and got me in trouble for even offering. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, I uh, have exciting news also because uh, the playoffs are beginning. Yeah. What's your exciting news? Yeah. That the playoffs are beginning. Oh, okay. I, you're still podcast. not breaking that news. <laughs> this isn't one of these, like, Alex Chester's reporting that the NFL playoffs are starting. I am reporting. I don't know if anyone's heard it. You've heard it here first. Uh, you know, it's always whenever a season of any sport ends, 
it's like a very busy time for me because I have to update all my charts, like all my annual ch- charts. You know what I mean? Mm. So I have like so many football charts. Yeah, er- everyone can empathize with what you just said. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I debuted in uh, the, the group chat for my longtime fantasy football league. I decided they deserve to see it first. The uh, 2017 uh, Chester QBR Plus, uh, the season final rankings. Oh, wow. And, uh, what an Brees honor to be in that league. Yeah. They should have to pay extra for stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, would you like to guess? Uh, this is every single quarterback who attempted even a single pass. This you year. attempted one pass all year. Yeah. Would you like to guess the the best quarterback and the worst quarterback? Yeah, I, I would. I'm going to say the best okay. quarterback. See, I think it's Case Keenum only because like you're asking like a dork and it's going to be a Viking. But my well, re- I literally just said that Drew Brees won among quarterbacks who played, you know, significant time. You did. So. Yeah, you weren't listening. Oh, I didn't hear. Uh, I'm going to say oh, worst. Maybe was, maybe I only said that in my the head. The worst was Bryce Petty. Okay. Am I right? Bryce Petty was not. He was 61st, Out but of? there are 71 quarterbacks on the list. Oh, wow. That's embarrassing. He beat 10 guys. Uh, but, uh, you, all right, who was the Nathan best? Peterman probably had to be worse then. Nathan Peterman was 66th, still better than five people. I mean, no, he wasn't really better than five people. You actually have to tinker your rankings if, uh, yeah. if, if Peterman was better than anybody. Well, because he actually completed a pass. You know, there's a couple guys who did not do that. So, Oh, at a 71, no, I don't want to hear about people who literally didn't complete a single pass. There should be like 10 passes thrown minimum or something. That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, if it's 10 passes minimum, then Nathan Peterman. Well, he's ahead of Cody Kessler. I don't know if Cody Kessler attempted 10 passes. Oh, mm-hmm. Scott Tolzien. He's ahead of Scott Tolzien also. Right, he was bad. Who played in week one. I, had the dr- yeah. I drafted him in, in, a, in a 12-team 2QB league, Scott. Scott Tolzien? Yeah, he was starting week one. Yeah. yeah, he had a lot of promise in week one. All right, uh, well, you were very close because the winner and the loser are Vikings. The winner is Sam Bradford, who's one spot ahead of Drew Brees. Okay, that's stupid, yeah. And the, and, then, and then Teddy Bridgewater is 70th. Uh, there's one guy below him who I've never even heard of, Tyler Bray. Okay, he's the he's backup for the Chiefs, I think, or he was for a while. So Teddy Bridgewater just threw one pass. It was intercepted. So, you know, 0 for 1 with an interception is not good. But Tyler Bray... Somehow was uh, was even worse than that. How does that hurt? You know, you've you often have said on this podcast that Teddy Bridgewater, greatest December quarterback of all time, him coming in and throwing a hundred percent, hundred percent of his his passes to the other team, really yeah. hurts his his all time December power rankings. Yes, <laughs> that's true. I have to update that chart. That's true. Yeah, Tyler Bray was the backup to Mahomes this week. That's uh, that's where you know him from. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, so. Yeah, so I'm going to be very busy. Uh, we, we're going to be very busy because of the 2017 Pool of Pools com- was completed, and now we're starting the 2018 Pool of Pools. Yeah, if you're interested, uh, hit us up. Um, yeah. The, uh, what's it called? You know, we missed Bloody Monday yesterday because I assume you were not working, but you were with your kids somewhere. Yeah. Um, but we missed one of, the, one of our favorite days of the year. We love when coaches get fired. We don't care. You know, people out of jobs, they're millionaires. It's fine to laugh at millionaires who lose their jobs. <laughs> they're literally going... From like a job that pays three million dollars to at worst a coordinator position that pays at this point well over a million dollars. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, of the of the seven firings, uh, which so if you if you were a coach, if you were a coach, which job would you take of the seven open jobs? Well, before we talk about the open jobs, can we talk about to me the biggest surprise firing was Jim Caldwell. Only because the, the Lions were nine and seven. Right. Most how, teams how, would like, fire. What do you expect them to do. I, I the 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 GM must have like told the owner like oh well I put a you know a twelve and four team on the field so it has to be Caldwell's fault like he well, had to the, have lost if the, the GM said that he's very dumb because he's gonna be fired shortly well yeah I mean all the the entire point of being a GM in the NFL unless you're like on one of the three good teams is just like coming up with another reason not to get fired for one more year 
I mean, the the Lions just had consecutive winning seasons, which they haven't done in over twenty years. Yeah, right. Uh, I, it's not crazy to say that they're underachieving, though. Yeah, I'm going to disagree. Uh, in the beginning of the year, I agreed that I thought you know Caldwell would probably be fired. You remember Jordan Acker, our Lions fan, how depressed he was in the beginning of the season. But that's also when they thought that they were going to start like 0 and five and go three and thirteen. But uh, again, this team went nine and seven. A, a little bit of that, I guess you say. You know, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get injured, you know, do they beat the Packers? Probably not. So, but. I don't know. So um, to update our fired NFL coaches pool, which we did on September 25th, mm. neither one of us did that great. Uh, I, I got three correct and two incorrect. I had Chuck Pagano, uh, John Fox, and McAdoo, who were all easy firings. But my last two picks were Hugh Jackson, who went 0-16. Mm. So he could not – it's mathematically impossible for his team to have performed worse. And yet uh, he still has a job. He said a lot of coaches wouldn't have made it through these two seasons. <laughs> I think he's correct about that. And then I also had uh, Gruden, who, despite Washington falling apart, apparently he's coming back. You, uh, Your first overall pick was, was Todd Bowles, so that did not go well. You had Marvin Lewis, which was correct. You had Doug Peterson, who might be coach of the year. Jason Garrett, who uh, the Cowboys are never going to fire. And then Caldwell. So you uh, snuck out a, one uh, final correct answer there. But we missed a lot of guys. Yeah, well, Del Rio was not on our radar in September, obviously. The Raiders didn't look that yeah. bad yet. What's funny is that we both said that we forgot to do Sean Payton because we thought the other guy had done it. Right. People were very mad afterwards. Like, you couldn't pick Sean Payton, and then and then he didn't even come close to getting fired. Yeah. So, uh, But it's bad news for you because in these weekly pools, I'm now 4-0 and of the pools that have been completed. That's not great. Um, I have the truth is yeah. some people could still be fired. Like, Malarkey, in theory, they could get blown out this week and he could get fired. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it just happens. The five guys who we picked who were not fired, the teams have already announced that they're not going anywhere. I mean, Bowles actually got an extension. So Right. Well, extension just means you're yeah. not fired. The thing with the extension yeah. is you can't hire assistant coaches if you're a lame duck, right? Because why yeah. would an assistant go to you if he's not? Well, you can't hire good assistant coaches. You can't yeah. hire good. Yeah, I mean, you can't hire any. Yeah. Right. You can't hire anybody you'd want to hire. So yeah. if you give Bowles more years, I, it, I don't really think it fools them. Uh, and Bowles has had kind of a hard time putting together his staff. He got really lucky with the offensive coordinator this year, who really was one of the better coaches in the whole NFL. Like making that Jets offense we thought would be the one like historically bad into a yeah. you know a decent offense, he should get a raise. Uh, and a lot of people think he's going to be Gruden's offensive coordinator anyway. They're Morton on the on the Jets. But so Jack Del Rio, I was thinking about him in particular. So he goes three years in the Raiders, seven and nine, twelve and four. But it's a weird twelve and four because they didn't win their division and they lost the wild card game, and then six and ten. So he's got a winning record in three years. Never won a playoff game. Only made the playoffs once. Yeah, you know, it, and the twelve and four was very fluky. I mean, was their scoring differential was you know right? They're headed in the wrong place. There's a you know they need to hire someone to fix. The, well, but but would they have fired? Would they have fired Del Rio if Gruden? No, I don't think so. I think I think this was Gruden. this was like we have someone else for the job. I really don't think. Yeah, they would have yeah. fired him. Yeah. Um, no, that, I agree with you. So. Yeah, I mean, I that's out. Yeah, if you could fix Carr, obviously that's a fixable job. People think the Cardinals' job is good, but they don't have a quarterback. So to me, like that's not a good job at all. Yeah. Okay. So what? Yeah. So what do you think is the best of the seven jobs? Well, I think in Oakland, I don't even think you can count as an open job because again, it's only open because they're hiring a specific true. guy. Um, I, I, I didn't how, like. How did they not violate the Rooney rules? It can be one of those bullshit where they bring a guy in and they're wasting everybody's time. I don't know. They, I, it, they seem to always get around it. And I, Al Davis was, I think, responsible for it. So it's it's even more bogus. Yeah. As my daughter comes in and takes money. I, I thought it was Art Rooney, but but Al Davis was relatively progressive. For his um. Uh. So I, I, the Bears' job to me isn't great because I. I because I, to me, Trubisky is, you know, maybe a total mess. Like, he can't move. 
Uh, he didn't show anything this year. Like you could argue that they did, that they you know that they put the the kid gloves off off on him and never took them off with like making him throw short passes all year. But there has to be a reason they made those decisions and they didn't see anything from him. So I know I said yeah, the exact I mean, same look, about we Jared Goff. We were very wrong about year. Jared Goff last year, though. So yeah. So I was, I'm not writing him off completely, but that's a scary job. So the answer is the Colts, because if luck is good, you have enough draft picks to actually build like a playoff team next year around him. The division is still not that good. Like, yes, the Jaguars had a great year, but they still have Blake Bortles. Yeah, and Mar- and Mariota think- seems to regress every year. Yeah, um, luck. I think the bloom is a little bit off the rose with luck. I've 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 never been like a huge luck fan. No, you've been down on luck, but I, but I, I mean he's still in the AFC South. I, there's definitely reason to believe that he's never going to be the same guy again. Even you know, even though you didn't love that guy to begin with. Yeah, I, I think he would be a better quarterback on a different team. I think this team just you know is so mismanaged all the way from the top to the bottom, and so it's uh it's it's a it's bad luck for him that he's there. No pun intended, because I think somewhere else he could be you know a Hall of Fame. Well, the biggest shock was Carter keeping his job, right? Yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, they raised expectations so high with hard knocks and all that stuff. It was them in Tennessee were like the two like darling picks that I was very anti in the preseason. But, you know, we're really getting a lot of undeserved hype. And people talk about Jameis as an MVP candidate, which was, you know, patently absurd. Um, him him keeping his job is a bit surprising. Actually, it might be the most surprising. I don't know. What, what's another one that really shocks you? Well, I mean, is Carroll definitely coming back to me? Like, that, that could still play out because... I you know I don't know it it just seems like maybe he's uh, yeah I, they, they may need like a new face there they're just they, they just seem like they're on the downswing and like why you know if they're going to rebuild why would you you know he's going to be seventy in a couple of years I don't know if that's the guy you want to rebuild with yeah all right what else uh, you want to talk about your your MVP ballot or anything like that no I I have Brady for MVP you have Brady or Gurley. Well, I had Gurley coming into Week 17. Gurley didn't play, obviously. By the way, we've never seen that in football before. You, you see it in basketball from time to time, but I don't think we've ever seen it in football where a team was trying to lose to get a lower seed because they thought that would be more beneficial. I mean, that's kind of crazy. It is crazy. Um, right, basically, the Rams wanted to avoid playing the Vikings in Week 2, which they would get automatically as a three seed because they wanted to be the four seed. They'd rather go to Philly and, and beat that team, which looks like absolute dog shit right it's now. It's also crazy because there's no easy game in, in, in that conference. Yeah. And then it totally backfired, of course, because everybody Carolina lost and New Orleans lost, so everybody lost, and so they end up as the three seed anyway. Uh, even with Sean Mannion and everybody else. So that, I thought that was kind of funny how that turned out. I mean, the AFC games aren't as disastrous as we thought because there will be a lot oh. of there will be a oh, lot of interest in the Bills game. No, we well, we knew they'd be bad all year. No, if the Chargers were in this and if the Chiefs were better than – if the Chiefs played like they played in September and if the Jaguars played like they played in November, then there'd be three good teams. There's zero good teams uh, in the first round of the playoffs in the AFC. Um, I would agree with that. but Pittsburgh also, and New England will both be favored by double digits. In I'd say two. there is definitely interest in the Bills. There's a lot of national there, interest in the there, Bills. There's right happiness now. for the Bills. I, I mean, I will admit, I got very teary-eyed watching, you know, Bills celebration videos. Yeah, th- there were some cool videos. Um, it was really awesome. I, you know, I went to sleep, and I, or I was out or something, and I, I watched in the morning without knowing who won. I, I was watching the end of the Ravens Bengals game, and I there yeah. was like 30 seconds left on the game pass, so I'm like, oh, obviously the Ravens win. It's fourth and twelve. This game can't go to yeah. overtime. So I was like. The, the most stunned I've ever been at, at like, watching the next day yeah. that, uh, that like, Boyd catches that pass because it's literally their last chance. Because even if he gets tackled yeah. at the 15, there's still a very good chance they lose. Like, they probably have three Yeah, I mean, that's similar zone. to the the Nate Poole play that knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs where the Cardinals were a 4-12 and team that year 
And the Vikings, again, had led the division the entire season. The, in the, la- the only time they didn't lead the division and make the playoffs was with no time left on the clock on fourth. That was fourth in like 26 or something, though, where Josh McCown in his rookie season threw that pass to, to Nate Poole to knock them out of the playoffs. It's actually shocking. Cincinnati, I mean, I don't know what kind of odds you would have got if you would have said after week 15 where we saw Cincinnati get blown out at home to Chicago and then they got blown out the next week to Minnesota. The next week they knocked Detroit out of the playoffs and the next week they knocked Baltimore out of the playoffs. I mean, how do you explain that? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, so that was entertaining. Um, so I'm very happy for the Bills. Uh, it's funny because on this podcast every year, until this year obviously, we we bring on guests to preview the uh, wild card games. And our Bills fan, we've we've had the same Bills fan for a few years, and we've always made fun of him that we won't be talking to him again. But um, and and we're not talking to him again, even though they did make the playoffs. <laughs> so I saw he was very happy on Facebook though. So congrats to, to all the Bills fans. Um, you want to guess? Let's 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 pick the games and guess the lines, and then we have a. Uh... We're gonna we have a draft that we'll save for the end of this podcast. Okay. All right. So I already guessed the lines. So you have not seen them yet. I have not seen any lines. Correct. Okay. That's pretty impressive. I did email you lines, so, but I did not. I actually did not like actually. I just copied and pasted. Okay. And All I right. did even add. So, I even added a half point to anything that wasn't a half point. But I I I can say yeah. I am one hundred percent unaware. You were so bleary eyed from this bat mitzvah that yeah you don't know what's fine. Is that accurate? Uh yeah no I still am a little out of things. Yeah. By the way, uh, it, winners and losers, you beat me by one in week 17, which means we had uh, five ties, six wins for Akiva, six wins for me. So we're tied and we're going into the playoffs now. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you and I are co-owning a team in League of Leagues in Pool of Pools again. Are we? Last I thought we were going to go separate this year. No, I told you. Well, 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 hold on. First of all, are we doing the correct scoring this year? Or yeah, we're, we're doing the, doing the correct. We'll do, we're doing your, your scoring version. Okay, good. Uh, but by the way, did you see how close my scoring was? There were five teams that were separated by like one or two points. All right, now nobody cares. It, yeah, it really came down to the wires. Anyway, um, okay, so we're doing. Okay, so in January, each of us is going to pick thirty-three picks for each of the playoff games. We're going to pick over under uh, against the spread, and then a, a winner and loser. Is that correct? Yeah. So we'll we'll do those picks here. Yeah. All right, we will do those picks on the podcast. All right, but we're not um, we're not beholden to, to remember them for the for actually, when we actually write them out in our pool. <laughs> All right, well, then that sort of defeats the purpose, but... Okay, all right, so the first game, the early game, is Tennessee at Kansas City. So what's your guess for this line? Um, in KC... And I'm going to go with the line that I saw originally, not the line that you sent that's me. That's fine. Which I guess it's... it's yeah. I'm going to say Kansas City by seven. Okay, that's what I said. It is exactly seven, or it was. Now it's up to eight and a half. So uh, hard to pick Tennessee... So everybody's picking Kansas City. That line has moved by quite a bit. So we tie there in the guess. So congrats on that. At seven, I would have taken Kansas City. At eight and a half, I don't know. Tennessee's looked really bad, even in winning last week. Yeah, they, there's nothing impressive about them. They don't do anything especially well. Yeah. The over-under is 44 and a half. To me, that's too low. I'm definitely going to take the over. And I'm going to take Kansas City to win, obviously. 44, I mean, 44 and a half. So you could have a 27-17 game go under. Uh, I'm going yeah. I'm going under. Okay, so you're going under. And I'm picking, picking Kansas City to win, to win yes, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and then what are you doing for the uh, for the spread of eight, of eight and a half in the uh, pool of pools? Spreads all the way at eight and a half. Yeah. I'm um, still picking the Chiefs, honestly. That's a really high <sighs> spread. It, the, th- the question is this. Do you think there's a chance that your road team can pull out the win? Because if not, what are you doing, right? Well, you're picking to hope for like a garbage time cover. No, I don't think they could win. So yeah, 
I mean, that yeah. spread is way too high, so I wouldn't. It wouldn't be like a best bet or anything. But that that you know, I can't pick them to win. Yeah. Um. You know what? I, I think I'm probably going to go with Kansas City also for now. But as you said, we're subject to change. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, then the Saturday night game. Both of these NFC games much better than the AFC games. Let me ask you this. Actually, if you were a Vikings fan. Yeah. Who do of I these play? four teams, Atlanta, uh, the Rams, Carolina, and the Saints. Yeah. How would you rank? Who who would you most want to face? Well, I would most want to play Atlanta. I would least want to play the Rams. Uh, I'd say Carolina, I'd rather play the New Orleans. Okay. I just think, so that, I I just think like, uh, you guys played Carolina, right? We, yeah, we played all these teams. You played everybody. And Newton had a terrible game yeah. against you, right? No, he had the 60-yard run at the end of the game to win it. Oh. Remember? Okay. That's the only one that beat, that beat the Vikings. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's, something just appears to be missing with Atlanta this year. It would shock me. They do not seem like the type of team that wins a playoff game. Um, I will Here's say. What's surprising to me. I will turn, I will completely change my opinion. If Atlanta wins this week, I'm going to, like, predict them to win the Super Bowl. I'm yeah. just telling you now. Well, if you're picking them to beat the Rams. I'm picking Atlanta to beat the Rams? Uh, I thought you just said you were. No, I said if they win this week, I'm going to change everything. No, I'm picking them to get destroyed. Uh, they're going to lose by 30. Okay. Yeah, I think they're going to lose also. Well, what's the, what do you guess is the spread on that game? Uh, in And this one, by the way, has also moved two points. Yeah, this is hard. I'm going to say five is. and a half, but I, I have no idea. Okay, so you said five and a half. I said four. It opened at four and a half, so I edge you. I'm half a point closer. But now it's all the way up to six and a half. Yeah, so you're obviously taking the Rams to cover. Yeah, I'm going to pick and the Rams to so cover. So am I. And then over-under is 48 and a half. That's pretty high. That's a really high number. I'm going to go under on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because of a blowout. I think I'm going to. I don't know if you go over at all. Yeah, but I, Atlanta's got to get garbage. I mean, Atlanta's offense is underwhelmed all year. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about this, but I'm going to hold my gunfire on the over-under. I'm not very good at over-unders anyway. So Last year, by the way, in the pool of pools, you and I collectively were dead last. Last place. And then we spent <laughs> the entire year trying to catch up. We did. Really well the rest and of the And we year. finished like just outside the top 10. Yeah, yeah. So we did, or maybe tied for 10th or something. Yeah. So but we, we, we spent well. the whole year chasing our tail because of our bad performance. Yeah. In, in I think we finished in the money if you exclude like January and February or something. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So, so anyways, as a Vikings fan, I think that the, the, the order in which I rank these teams is the exact reverse of what their actual outcome in the regular season was against the Vikings. By which I mean the team I least want to face is the team that the Vikings destroyed, which is New Orleans. The team I next least want to face is the team that the Vikings beat by 17 pretty easily, the Rams. Uh, the next I would least want to face Atlanta, who the Vikings beat, uh, you know, solidly, but, you know, it was a closer game. And then the team I most want to face for sure is the one that actually beat the Vikings is Carolina. So I definitely want to face Carolina and then Atlanta. That would be perfect for the Vikings. If, if we can beat Carolina in week two and then host Atlanta in the NFC Championship game. I mean, that so would that's, be a, so a, a for both really easy route to a home Super Bowl. All right, and now are you Relatively are easy. you going to go to every single Vikings game from here on out? Okay, so <laughs> I don't know how much personal stuff I should get into on this podcast. Um, I was going to go to the divisional game for sure, mm-hmm. which is Sunday. They're going to be Sunday, the late game. They've already announced the times for each of the host teams. Obviously, we don't know who they're playing. Are you not going to that game? Um, well, I was going to go to that. Here's the thing. I'm not going to the NFC Championship game. First of all, I'm going to be in Florida for a, for a vacation with my family mm-hmm. already. And then the next day, I have to fly to New York for 24 hours for some bullshit, and then i got to fly back. So the other point, which somebody said to me is a great point, is I go to the NFC Championship game. There's two outcomes. Either they lose, in which case I'm miserable and depressed, and why did I go? Or they win, in which case they're going to the Super Bowl. So this I'm, was I'd always my logic. Anyway. This is why I never went to the road. The Jets have never hosted an AFC Championship game in my lifetime, but they've been on the road in four of them, and I didn't go to any of them. And that is my that is sort of like uh, I you know I, I think I've said that on this podcast even 
But I think because there is no such thing as a home Super Bowl, I, I, I think you have to go to the NFC Championship game. Because if they win, it could be cooler than like winning the actual Super Bowl when you're with a bunch of you know like rich people who don't care. Well, okay. So first of all, um, this game is in Minnesota, so the Super Bowl. I understand. Right. So right. It's, so it is. It's, it is it's a, going it's a to be different. more of a home game than any Super Bowl we've ever had. Fair. I'm not worried about the crowd. The crowd is going to be 75 percent pro Vikings at least. That's fair. Oh yeah. Like Steelers or Patriots fans who've been to a lot of Super Bowls. I don't know if they're going to be that hyped to travel to Minnesota in for February. a road Super Bowl. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, exactly. That so is I'm, weird. I'm not worried about that. Um, so I, so and so, but but I was going to go to the divisional game because look, I ha- I've never been to a game in the new stadium. I haven't even been to a Vikings. Have game you ever been to a home playoff in, game? Yes, uh, they lost to the Bears, who were quarterbacked by Steve Walsh, who was from St. Paul. I mm. think they lost 35-18. to 18. That's the only home playoff game I've been to. The only playoff game, football playoff Well, the game Jets, again, period. the Jets have only hosted two since I was like three years old. And one of them I was not in the country for, and I went to one. They beat the Jaguars, 34-24. So anyway, so I was going to go to this week's game or it's a week two's game excuse me the divisional round mm-hmm. but uh for for personal reasons i might not be going now and again it's like if they lose i'm going to be depressed and if they win i'm I'm going to hold hold my fire for the super bowl which is going to cost you know a pretty penny so but you're definitely sure going to the go. super bowl i mean let's stop jinxing things you know if, if we if we are to reach valhalla you know what valhalla is right yeah i mean it's hell no valhalla is vikings heaven i thought i thought it's hell no, it's well, it's it's hell for like the enemies of the Vikings. But by Vikings, I mean like the actual Vikings, like from Scandinavia, not you know. Oh, in, so. in like Norse uh, mythology. Yeah, Valhalla is okay. uh, Vikings heaven. So if we are to reach Valhalla and actually make the Super Bowl, yes. But to to talk about it right now seems ridiculous. Um. Yeah, it's depressing that thing that you might be really happy in a few weeks. <laughs> I mean, I I won't be. You won't be. For I mean, sure I'm sure they're gonna lose. Yeah, and also you won't be happy. Like you're you'll be in trouble with your wife, and she like won't even let you go to the Super Bowl or something. <laughs> I I was re I was re reviewing my uh, worst Vikings losses in my lifetime chart to mm-hmm. see like this one is gonna slot somewhere in the top five. I would imagine. You mean any loss they have, like even if they lose thirty to ten at home in the divisional game to the Rams or something. Well, I don't know. Well, that might. Well, because the expectations are so sky high right now because of the two seed, but the one seed is completely, you know, falling apart the last two weeks. They're the favorites to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. I just it's a it's upsetting because I don't think the Eagles are going to be a factor. So if you win that first game, you're almost certainly going to be at home. I, I just I like the Rams a little better than you guys. Yeah, I'm not worried. Uh, we beat them pretty handily the first time. They scored seven points against us. They scored seven. Atlanta scored nine. You know, the Vikings defense, I think they said the Vikings defense is the first defense to lead in uh, fewest points allowed and fewest yards allowed in, I forget, but it's been a, it's been a little while since that happened. So I'm, I'm really confident about this defense. The, the offensive line has had some struggles lately. You know, Keenum's been sacked a lot more in the second half than the first half. That's a little bit of a concern. Their long snapper is out for the year, which I don't feel like is an ideal thing to happen at this time of it's year. It's not, but I, I, you know how kicker. we say like with um, with kickers, it's like weird. There's only like 25 good ones. With long snappers, there's 50 good ones, and there's 32 jobs. Like the yeah. Jets, the Jets cut their long snapper who who had never made hadn't made an snap in like eight years, but they cut him in training camp because he's not good at tackling. If there's ever a long return, so like 
<laughs> I had a hundred percent perfect, you know, record for eight years and got caught. So I feel like he's replaced. I, I I agree with you that long snapping should be easy and should not be a problem. But I'm saying that if you're a franchise like the Vikings with sort of their cursed playoff history, the perfect way to lose. For example, we had a kicker, Gary Anderson, who had the greatest season in the history of the NFL, didn't miss a kick all year, extra point, field goal, anything. Mm-hmm. So of course he missed a chip shot that would have uh, clinched the the NFC Championship game. So. Your your long snapper screwing up when it's his first you know, week on the job. I feel like that would be work pretty well. Look, I've been on. I said in the preseason, the Vikings are going to lose a playoff game because uh, Kai Forbeth is going to miss a field goal. Now I thought Blair Walsh would hit the field goal. Fortunately, uh, he and Seattle are at home, not watching. But um, yeah. All right, let's get to the Sunday games. Buffalo at Jacksonville. Um, I'm going to say Jaguars by four and a half. Okay, so I'm going to beat you on this. I said five, and it's all the way up to seven. That's very high. I mean, and actually, uh, on what you sent me, it's eight and a half. And if it's eight and a half, I'm banging Buffalo hard. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, Jacksonville. Ha- I'm definitely taking Buffalo. Bortles hard. has been so bad. Like basically, Bortles had three or four good weeks at like the end of November, beginning of December, and everybody started like hyping him like crazy. And then he's had a disastrous last two, three weeks of the season. Yeah, I'm picking Buffalo to win and obviously to cover. And what's the over under? Wow, wow. The over under is thirty nine and a half. I'm gonna go over there. That's super low. Yeah, I'm going under. Uh, I don't see a lot of offense in this game. Um, I see a lot of turnovers. Buffalo to win. I'm going to root for that, obviously, but I'm picking Jacksonville to win. I'm picking Buffalo to cover. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not picking any uh, underdog in the first round. Carolina at New Orleans is the late game on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to say New Orleans by six. By six. Okay, so you're going to beat me on this one. Uh, so I. Um, I still beat you three to two this week. Uh, six. It's five. It was five and a half. It's up to six and a half. Either way, you beat me. I said four and a half. Uh I mean, New Orleans. It, New Orleans losing to Tampa Bay is that something to be concerned about? Yeah, for sure, because they needed to win. I mean, in the NFL, it's hard to know. Like, if you're just trying ninety percent, does that just totally ruin it? Like, I, you know, but uh, Tampa Bay was sticking around, even though Jameis was turning the ball over, you know, as much as he did all year. It was. I was watching a lot of that game because I have Jameis on in legal leagues. It was. It was not a great performance by the Saints. Yeah, but it, you, the funny thing is it worked to their benefit to lose because, again, now they would get to play Philly in the second round instead of Minnesota. Right? Yeah, but I don't think they were trying to lose either. Oh, no, they were trying to win for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I think it actually kind of worked out to their benefit. I, I mean, I think Carolina is the, is the least impressive of the teams in the NFC. So I think New Orleans should win, but who knows if they actually will. So, yeah, so those are our games. I think Carolina was still the third best team in the AFC, though. What is your no. what is your Super Bowl oh, pick right now? Oh, is for it... sure. Well, all all six playoff teams in the NFC would be at least third. The, the 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 AFC will be meaningless. The playoffs until the AFC title game. Um, is your Super Bowl right now Patriots Vikings? I mean, my heart or my head? No, in your head. Well, my that's my head. Yeah, but my heart is Patriots um, <laughs> Jaguars. I, I don't know. <laughs> Not not the Vikings. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say. I know. I thought you, no, in your heart, is in your heart uh, the Vikings versus the Jaguars or something? No, intellectually the Vikings are the favorites, but in my heart, I know that the Vikings are going to find a way to screw me because you know this is what they do. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I would say, well, okay. So by this logic, do the, the question is: Do the Vikings lose to the Rams in the second round, or do they lose in the NFC? I say they beat the Rams and they lose in the NFC Championship game to like some bullshit like Carolina or something. I don't know. Basically, if the Vikings aren't in the Super Bowl, I'm not watching. We, we know that. So, Although my, my previous promise was that if the Packers made the Super Bowl, well, was it not only was I not allowed to watch, but... You were going to kill yourself on camera? No. <laughs> no, but well, I forget what it was, but I said something. Um, and and by, my preseason pick was Green Bay against New England, as I'm sure everybody remembers. 
So I'm trying to look back. I'm looking at my preseason predictions. How many playoff teams did I get right? I got Atlanta and Carolina correct, so that's good. Uh, that's it. I was wrong. I had Dallas, which is wrong. I had Arizona, which is wrong. I had Green Bay, which is wrong. I had Seattle, which is wrong. I had the Vikings missing the playoffs, actually, even though I said they'd make the playoffs. But um, in the AFC, let's see. I had New England and Pittsburgh as the one and the two. That's easy. I had Tennessee as the three. Oh, that's pretty good, even though I was hating on them. I had uh, Oakland, Cincinnati, and Houston. So I got three out of six there. Eh. That's not great. Uh, yeah. I mean, but we had four teams make the playoffs this year who hadn't made it in a decade. Yeah, it's such a weird-looking playoffs. Like, TV-wise also, people are going to be like, oh, the numbers are down. It must be the Kaepernick stuff. Like, no, it's because the Jaguars and the Bills and, like, there's no, you know, you don't have the Cowboys, you don't have the Packers, you don't have the Giants. Those are the three biggest TV teams in the NFC. Um, yeah. uh, I, my, my Super Bowl prediction before the year was Steelers-Packers, but I have to amend that because the Packers didn't make it. Uh, I'm going with the, a rematch of Super Bowl fourteen, and that's Steelers-Rams. I don't I think the Patriots, I do not think the Patriots, with the 32nd best defense in the NFL, according to DVOA, or or they were until, I think, the Bucks ended up beating them, and they're 31st or something, can make the Super Bowl. I don't think you'd make the Super Bowl with the worst with the worst defense. Um, and I certainly don't think you could win it if they ever got there. I think the Vikings would beat them. And I think the, um, and I definitely. So Pittsburgh is going to go into New England and win. Yes, Pittsburgh's going to go. There's, there's, there's no chance of Pittsburgh and New England losing in the divisional round, right? Um, there's no chance. I, it, maybe the Chiefs get hot, but I, I think in general, well, the Chiefs would be first of all. The Chiefs would be playing Pittsburgh, not New England. Right. The yeah, seed. yeah. That's. I think yeah. that's the only thing that could. Oh that no, no, could, no, no, no. They're the four seed. Jacksonville's the three seed, right? Yeah. The the Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs are the four, so they could play either team depending yeah. on if the Bills win. Yeah. Jacksonville. But you have Buffalo. So I have winning, Buffalo, so Buffalo winning and then losing by fifty yeah. in New England next week, and then the Chiefs losing a close game to the Steelers. And then the Steelers going to New England and winning. And then the Rams blowing at the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. Wow. Mm. You, so you are really on McVay. By the way, I watched um, the entire Amazon season uh, this week. Yeah, of uh, All or Nothing, season two. Yeah. What do you think? Well, here's the thing. The year before, they got the Cardinals, who had like just epic playoff games, right? The Packers game and stuff. Right, right. So it was much more exciting. Yes. The, it was also weird that they picked the same team that was doing hard knocks. Yeah, I think they did so, it because you yeah. only have to send one camera crew then. No, but they're different camera crews. They're different shows. Yeah, but I, it's a, I think it's the same crew. I think it's because it's an NFL network production. I assume it was a lot of the same cameras. Oh, well, that, so I thought that was really strange. Uh, the one part that was nice was seeing Case Keenum. You know, at, at, the, at the at the end of the final episode, he's in Minnesota talking about just trying to stick around the league as a backup quarterback. Uh, you know, obviously he's not. Yeah, that is crazy, right? Team. Yeah, like there's a lot of yeah. him and his wife, right, in that in that season, and, yeah. and now he's like. I, I gotta say, it's a weird thing, and I guess Rams fans circa 1999 have the same feeling. But it's weird when like your wife is much better looking than your NFL quarterback's wife. <laughs> you have no comment on that one. Well, I, I don't. I, I I actually missed what you said. The, uh, I said, it, oh, I said it's a weird Keenum thing when your we wife were, is we much were, better. Did you ra- are you ragging on Keem's wife, which I think we did on Hard Knocks also? Oh, uh, uh, whatever. She's she. You know what? It's it's a Larry David thing. I have more respect for Case Keenum now. I really do. <laughs> I mean, the, the the ultimate, like, I can't believe they didn't trade up person of all time. You know who it is, right? It's a different NFL quarterback. Kurt Warner? Yeah, everyone knows. That's the ultimate, like, stuck with yeah, the I wife just said that, thick but, and thin. Yeah. 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 Um, so you have respect for Kurt I don't. Also. I don't. Yeah. Listen, I'm I'm a classic guy, unlike you. I don't like ranking guys' wives. <laughs> um, yeah. So good job on Case Keenum. Uh, you know his breakout season, and he's staying loyal to his wife. And you know, um, here I, I have a hot take for you. This is like a preemptive uh, letting myself down easy when the Vikings blow it. Okay. 
why is it a big deal to win the Super Bowl? That's the like, stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why are we doing oh, this? Hold on. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Like, it's not like it happens once in your lifetime or once every 20 years yeah. or once every whatever. There's literally a winner every single year. And also, winning the Super Bowl is not special. It happens every year. You know who's done it? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, like really shitty yeah, franchises. Yeah, so if you don't Jets. win it, think about how big of a loser you are. You have to win at least once. But what I'm saying, but there's nothing special. It's not like, oh, now we join the Pantheon. Like everybody, most teams have won a Super Bowl. It's not special. And you know what? Win or lose, there's going to be another one next year and another one next year and another one next year. It's like, it's it's not. You're a, making like, an argument cares, against honestly. following sports, just FYI. <laughs> well, maybe there should be a Super Bowl only once every 50 years or something. Like, really build up to it. You know, maybe the Olympics have it and the World Cup have it the right way. Okay, this is stupid. <laughs> go back go back I mean, to insulting uh, <laughs> go back to insulting Case Keenum's wife. That was better. Look, I'll just try to make I'm trying to make myself feel better because we all know what's coming. So Yeah. Now, I, I, I thought of a good joke from before and now it's too late. No, bring it in. Bring it no, in. No, I was just gonna say, like, listen. You could you could talk game all you want, but at least you know, unlike your wife, Case Keenum's wife isn't very ugly on the inside. <laughs> if Doctor Jen hears that, you're in such trouble. <laughs> oh wow, wow, those are fighting well, words. Kiva, she's gonna she's gonna cancel this podcast again. Well, she didn't respond to my email, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know if she ever read it. Um, uh, no, she did read it. I think. Uh, what else? Oh, you wanted to read. Speaking of emails, didn't you want to read uh, my, my the infamous softball? Email oh yeah, that yeah. I let's get once? to that. Let's let's lighten this up a little bit. Um, <laughs> the yeah, my, my, one of my favorite things of all time. This should, should almost become like an annual tradition on uh, uh, on the podcast. And um, do you, I'll, I, I let me let me call the email up. Hold on one second. This will be okay. Right. So here's the context. Yeah, give the context. I forwarded you. Uh, uh, I, there's law firm baseball leagues or softball leagues, and I and I've played for you know the different law firms that I've been at, and the, and there's sometimes random people who aren't who don't work at the firm who are on the team. So the first law firm I was at, there was a guy on the team who was the, 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 there was an associate or a counsel actually in the real estate group who was the manager of the team, like the the you know the coordinator, the the head, the captain, whatever you want to call it. His his wife's brother, so it's his brother-in-law. He he allowed to be on the team. I guess sometimes we need help with a few extra guys. And this guy was like really gung ho. This is a guy who'd show up with stirrups and maybe even face paint. And I think maybe even face a... paint. You don't remember, but he might have worn face paint. <laughs> he was he was he was a well intentioned guy, but a bit a bit of a nebuch, uh, which is a word that some of our listeners won't understand. And then um, the the guy who had brought him to the team, his brother in law, left our firm to go to another firm. So another guy took over as the new captain of the team. And uh, and and this fellow continued to come despite not being the captain anymore, uh, not being related to anybody on the team anymore. And he continued to come for for one extra season once his brother-in-law left. And then at the end of that season, which uh, we lost in the playoffs, and if I recall correctly, I also grievously injured a woman. <laughs> yeah, he didn't mention that in his email, which reads as follows: uh, Did I? So, so so hold on, this is actually pretty good. So I hit. It was probably the best hit I ever had in, the, in that stupid season. I, uh, I the bases are loaded. And I um and and I'm up and we're down like six or seven runs we were doing pretty badly and I hit a, a bases clearing a, a extra base hit to the outfield and the and as I was trying to turn a triple into a, a home run the there I w- I was sort of focused on the plate and the catcher they had who was who was a woman on their team she was trying to catch the ball that was coming in from you know the cutoff man and it had brought her all the way up the third baseline and I was sort of running I didn't really notice her and so I bowled her over. <laughs> And I really hurt her badly, and everybody hated me. Uh, and I was called out by the in, way. But, in but, yeah. high school, um, we we shared our facilities with an elementary school, 
and we, you know, the buildings there was there was sort of like a, a divider, so we didn't really see them, but we did have the same like basketball courts and baseball field and like sort of soccer field and like blacktop whatever, uh, and we usually had different periods where we were outside, but once in a while, like they would have an unscheduled free period or it would be you know snowing or something like, and we'd both be outside together. So we were play. We we didn't bring a football one day. So we were playing soccer, like the only time ever in, in my high school career. We were playing soccer when we had a free period, and there was like five yeah. or six of us at the well, end. What, why was that happening? That's weird. Well, we were. It was pre poker. This was like tenth grade before we started playing poker and stopped playing sports. <laughs> and a whole class came outside and wanted to play soccer. So we had the idea, and they do this like sometimes you see on YouTube, like a Chinese soccer team will play against like Real Madrid. It'll be like 150 kids versus. Like Real Madrid, so we played against like forty kids. It was like five of five, uh, you know, tenth graders against like forty third graders. Uh, so it was, it's actually a challenge because you know, like the, ten kids surround you every time you touch the ball, you have to get past them. So I did um, like really crash very hard um, into into like a third grader, and you got hurt, and he was no. Still and then my friend like destroyed a third grade girl. <laughs> And um, and then we had to go inside, and we don't know. Like, hopefully she survived, but we never. Uh... So so hang up and listen. The Slate Sports Podcast, which I really enjoy, which you don't do. They discussed this week how many seventh graders would it take to beat LeBron uh, one on whatever in a basketball yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a do you have well? A guess? We've we've had this conversation before. Like, how many people? How many people could you you know? How many third graders could you beat up in a fight? Right? You could beat up one third grader. If two yeah. third graders teamed up, well, no, it's not. It's not really third grade. I think it's normally. Even a younger, I think it's like normally like six year olds. But let's say third graders, you could beat up two. So a third, an, an eight year old, and and I have no morals or ethics here. Right, no morals or ethics. Like they're playing the kill also. Um, so you could definitely beat up two, right? Because you could start by just pounding the first one and no weapons, just fists. no, just fists, just fists. So you could definitely beat up two. Olds? You could beat up three. Of course, at a certain there yeah. is a certain number, probably like in like where they just overwhelm you, and that could be eight, that could be yeah. fifteen. I'm not sure exactly what numbers. With it's, I'd say it's about a dozen, probably. With LeBron, is fouling allowed? Yeah, so they're allowed to foul. No, you're not calling fouls in this one-on-one LeBron versus the kids. No, you are calling fouls. There's a referee. No travel. Oh, then I mean, he could beat all of them. He could beat a hundred. Well, 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 no, because I would say that if you have literally a hundred of them, then they just flood the court, and he would have to. There'd be no way for him to literally cross half court without charging. Right. That's so he would just have to shoot half court shots. Uh, I mean, he could possibly still win shooting half court shots because they can't get half court past half court with the ball against them, basically. Well, so but but remember, there's there's a hundred of them, and so a bunch of them are just camped out under the other basket, so they just chuck it down the. Well, court. he's gonna be, he could stop that. Like you ever, third graders can't can't chuck the ball down the court without it going out of bounds. Well, I well first I was saying seventh graders, so these kids. Oh, are, so like, that's these kids different. Are then, then there is a number. Then it's probably like twelve if they're decent at basketball. No, not twelve. No, there's no way twelve. LeBron would be twelve seventh graders easily. Oh, so you think it's more? I don't. Wait, no, more. I think twelve seventh grade. I think is it the seventh grade basketball team? Who like can actually yeah. catch a ball? Because that's different. Because if you could actually catch the ball and pass it, it's a good question. No, Let's for, argue for, about this in the in the comments uh, of, of the group. I want to yeah, I want to read well, the email. So th- that's why it's a good podcast. Hang up and listen. Yes. But anyway, all, all right, right, we're getting off track. So okay, so so at the end of the season, we get the following email, and then I forward it to you and everybody else. I know because it was it was phenomenal. People said send it to Deadspin. I did not want to because you know if this guy does actually have issues deeper than you know just sort of being a weirdo, I would feel bad okay. making fun of him. So here's but the subject of the email was declaration of free agency. That's hilarious, because you have to declare yourself free agency. Who's reading? Me or you? Uh, you want to read? I'll it? read it. It is with sincere regret. Okay. Th- uh, I'll I'll cut in with commentary okay. as necessary. With sincere regret that I have declared myself an unrestricted softball free agent, effective immediately. 
over the over the past three years, it's been my pleasure to play in eighteen games. Should I say the law firm or no? With well, just you know, he made up this team name. This this not this is not a team. Name. Oh, okay. <laughs> With the Black Sox since four twenty one two thousand ten. During that time, I've batted three sixty four with fifteen runs. Wait, no, no, hold on, no, no. It's batted twenty for fifty five. Like he's giving like real. He's giving details real details with fifteen runs, nine RBI, including a three run homer and a twenty twelve season average of five hundred. He was eight for sixteen. Defensively, I posted four <laughs> errors and fifty eight chances. He knows his fielding percentage: a nine thirty one <laughs> fielding average between first base, second base, the outfield, and he pitched one game versus Wolfpack, zero and one with a sixteen point two zero ERA. Not great. Not great. No, Mr. Free Agent. <laughs> the team posted a 7-8-2 record during those games, and we were defeated in our only playoff game during that span, which was yesterday. This season, I was excited to continue to play and worked hard to overcome injuries and to maintain my playing condition. I became slightly uneasy participating. <laughs> this is slow-pitch softball, by the way. Knowing that uh, Pete Rose left the firm and that my sister would also not be playing. Oh, so it's a man and woman. Okay. Right away, yeah, you have to have two women in, in, in the lineup, I think, at all times. Right away, Davey Johnson made my wife and I uncomfortable by unsmoothly handling well, the on. issue. Hold on, hold on. So, so, so wait, so when you're using Davey Johnson to refer to the new captain. The new captain. With his brother-in-law having left, yeah. By unsmoothly handling the issue of cabs at the end of the game, and I figured that to be a clumsy, unintended thing. Subsequently, it seemed like every time I got a base hit, Davey Johnson was grinning and shaking his head like he didn't want that to happen, and I began to get that, quote, frenemy vibe <laughs> next a game was scheduled during a weather emergency and dave continued to harass me electronically about getting to riverside park field during a tornado and a hail warning i declined for the sake of my safety and others what i don't know about others yet he blamed me for the forfeit and dropped me to last in the batting order and benched me while my sister and her baby especially her baby came to watch me play <laughs> that baby was heartbroken he's yeah no question no question um, surprisingly, we made the playoffs where again, I was, by the way, you got to like surprisingly, what a dig at a captain Dave, <laughs> where again, I was benched in favor of someone who didn't play all year while the team put on a horror show in the field. That was nothing short of embarrassing. We could have used that 931 field. Percentage. That's right. The reasons for the playoff defeat were primarily due to lack of concern for the team on the part of the manager. First, he arrived unprepared with no batting order or defensive strategy. Second, we didn't have our proper selection of bats, <laughs> causing many pop-ups. <laughs> read, read it again. I think people might not have heard Causing that the proper selection of bats, causing many pop-ups. Okay. We didn't have our proper Did, selection of bats. Yep. Many pop-ups. Third, there was no concern shown for defensive replacements, leading to five men wandering around the outfield directionless and players arguing amongst themselves about positions. Like, people didn't know where to go. Fourth, a player with a serious injury was not rotated out at all. Fifth, several players... What, what serious injury? Did somebody tear their ACL? I don't know. I, like that's, know uh, I don't know. Fifth, ser- several players were in the wrong position, unable to cover deficiencies in throwing, arm, in throwing arm or range easily. Sixth, the manager was too busy being shortstop to attend to managing the game. Player managers this are indeed rare because it's difficult. The primary role is the manager's role, and his most important <laughs> job is to define roles so players can pre- prepare correctly. I cared about... Player managers are... Wait, hold on. Keep. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever in your life heard of a non-player manager, a, an only manager in slow-pitch softball? Yeah. Uh, Gavi Hoffman <laughs> was manager only in, in our uh, Israel League uh, uh, softball. I don't know. Was he just, injured or something? No, he just liked being the manager. No, but it, okay. yes, I agree. It is rare. I, I really cared <laughs> about my time with the, scat and bl- with the Black Sox. However, I cannot care more than the team leader who seemed at best lukewarm on winning and ignorant of strategy. There is no way that a person can insult someone more than by wasting their time. And that's the way I feel Davy Johnson has handled my dedication repeatedly. 
I remained until the season was over out of sincere respect for the rest of the club, and especially the outstanding pitcher who deserved a better defense with a C. That was given. I will not play yeah, for Davey Johnson under any circumstances ever, as he is not up to the responsibility of leading men on the field, and specifically this man, and that's why I fired him as my manager. <laughs> I'm sharing this with you all so that the Black Sox may become a better team or at least gain an understanding of what increases or decreases team loyalty on and off the field. As a school teacher, man, I thought he was freaking mayor. As a school teacher, I have no aspirations in the legal field and am ignorant regarding your firm's internal politics or hierarchy and have expected nothing in return for my time other than to participate in the game. Softball is just a game, yes, but the way we conduct ourselves between the baselines reveals the true character of any American. Ah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We should have him on next week to really, like, I bet he's still mad about this. <laughs> um, that email is just phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. The pop-up line is one of my all-time favorite lines ever. Yeah. We do not have our proper selection of bats, causing many pop-ups. <laughs> Although I also like, player managers are indeed rare. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I think sports would uh, anyway. be fun if there was more actual player managers. Yeah, there used to be a lot more back in the day, obviously. In basketball, we haven't seen one in like 20 years. The Magic had that guy who was like a coach. Tree Rollins was an assistant coach and the 12th man. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, in the 60s and 70s, it was more common in baseball. I think some sports common. don't even allow right, it anymore. All right, let's do a quick uh, worst people in sports media draft. I'm going to draft five, you're going to draft five, and then people would vote on who was the more odious team. Okay. Now, do you want the you first? Want call it in the air? Yeah, do you want the first pick of the next two? I get, okay, call it in the air. Heads. Hold on, flip a coin. And what's going on? My internet's very slow. I hope we're recording. Ah, flipping, flipping. Mm-hmm. Heads, it is. All right, what are you picking here? Uh, I will. T- I took heads. Okay, yeah. What are you picking? Oh, I'll, first I'll or next pick. Two? I'll take the first pick. Okay. The first pick in the odious sports gas bag draft is? I think I'm going to have to go with Brick, Ma- Brick McHenry. Because, like, if you are a wannabe Tommy Laren, then I feel like things have gotten out of control. Like, her goal is to be Tommy Laren at this point. She's a less famous Tommy Laren. You know she is, right? She was the ESPN reporter yeah. who got in trouble. Well, she was famous for yelling famous at a woman, at, like a, a woman dry in a, uh, who towed her a car. car wash. And everyone can have one yeah. bad moment. But I just think, like, yeah. she has sort of shown that that is kind of more of her. That was her best moment. Right. That that's her yeah. true character after she fired, got fired from ESPN. And, like, didn't blame the fact that, A, she really embarrassed the company and probably shouldn't have been fired when that happened. And, B, like, she was very replaceable and not especially good at her job. And, C, like, I think the GM's wife, if I'm not. No, I don't want to say this because that uh, it may not have been her. But, um, the but yeah, so she now she's just, like, trying to be very, you know, She's moving like alt rightish on on Twitter and and moving and I think she was there already. No, well, yeah. she didn't really talk politics. So yeah, she, so much. she was on my list. I I had her as number six. To me, it's just she's like too small time. She doesn't matter. Right, but I feel like I feel so. like she's gonna sort of be able to parlay her stuff into like a Fox News gig or something. Yeah. Well, that's what she's aiming for. Yeah. All right. So there's a lot of ways I can go here. I think um, uh, just because he was in the news again this week for being a horrible human being, I'm gonna take Kurt Schilling, number one. Yeah, that's pretty good with my first pick. Yeah, Kurt Schilling, of course, uh, you know, we know all of his sordid past, but just this week, there's this guy named Paul uh, Nalen, Nairn, I don't know how to pronounce his name, who's who was challenging Paul Ryan in the Republican primary for Congress in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. was uh, being supported very strongly by Breitbart and uh, others of that ilk, and he started tweeting out, like, he went from, like, you know, sort of hinting at it to, like, being as explicitly anti-Semitic as you could get 
on Twitter, uh, and he went so over the top in his anti-Semitism that even Breitbart had to say, you know, right, guys, and Bannon also. So they cut him loose. Him, yeah. yeah. So Bannon and Breitbart said, uh, you know, see you later. And Schilling responded to all this by saying, "Hey, can you come on my podcast?" <laughs> And talk about what's going on, which is a Breitbart podcast, by the way. So Schilling was like, no, 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 let's uh, keep him in the fold. Uh, let's uh, bring this guy on. And then people were criticizing Schilling. So then he lashed out at them and called them Nazis and everything else. And then finally, Schilling must have got the message from the higher ups like, hey, like, you know, we got to be a little more subtle with our uh, bigotry here. And so Schilling finally said, uh, you're, you're too fascist for me. Uh, so Schilling finally did uh, tow the company line and uh, tell uh, Mr. Uh, Paul Nalen, whatever his name is, uh, too Nazi for Kurt Schilling. So it's good to know there can be too much of a Nazi for Kurt Schilling, but he's my number one pick. And, uh, and now I got another pick. I mean, this board is so chock full, and so it's a little strategy. I have to think of where you're going to go. I'll go with Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock is, you know, you know, I, I'm I'm uh, I, I'm trying to be careful what I say here because obviously uh, I'm I'm a Caucasian. So, you know, mm-hmm. to 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 call somebody an Uncle Tom is obviously inflammatory to begin with, and for a white person to call somebody that, I'll just put it this way: many many African Americans call Jason Whitlock an Uncle Tom. Mm. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, better you picked him than me. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. My second pick is Peter King. I just feel like he's totally lost his fa- fastball. Um, he writes like I sometimes I read the Monday morning quarterback. He writes so many sentences that like are cringeworthy to read. He's just not a good writer anymore. I don't know if he ever was, but he certainly isn't now. Uh, like the stuff just comes through. He also like a lot of times doesn't edit things. Like I was reading something this week and it was it, it, like he had the, the game wrong. And I was, oh, yeah, he probably wrote this on Friday, assuming that, you know, that uh, that the Giants would lose and then the Giants won. And, like, and you know, he he didn't. I, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the the Giants would be two and four. He wrote the Giants were two and fourteen. They lost Sunday, and it's like, oh yeah, because he's like, this is all garbage that he's writing on Saturday, and assuming that it's going to happen, and not even editing it. And uh, uh, I just feel like it's sad watching it. But he's like, uh, he's not not to compare him to Willie Mays because he was never the best, but he's just out there uh, way too long. And I feel like uh, it's time to retire, PK. Yeah, but senility isn't the same as odiousness. And like Peter King tries, yeah, but he has such a big platform, and there's everyone is better than yeah. him. He does. He hasn't. He hasn't accepted any new stats at all. He's you know he's totally out there in 1976. Supposedly he's a yeah. very nice guy. I mean, I work with him, but I really never re- inter- interacted with him in all four years. How many cell phones did he have? <laughs> so yeah, Peter King. Right, what's your... My second pick and my third pick is this is a little bit more of a New York, uh, you know, uh, local team pick. But Manish Mehta, the beat writer for the New York Daily News for the Jets, is the worst. <laughs> journalist in, in in the entire country worse than anyone at at any political you know station he knows nothing about football literally any agent could feed him any piece of information and he will parrot it back frequently li- tweets to links about about you know something that happens in his article which is never even in the article he has no idea what he's doing he is a professional clown i hate him he's my third pick all right, uh, so you've left a, a lot of a, a lot of a good picks on the board for me. I'm going to take one of Peter King's colleagues, Albert Breer. Mm, uh, that's a good <laughs> yeah, that Albert Breer was number one on my list this year. Uh, uh, there's nothing Albert Breer hates more than the black quarterback. Um, you know, uh, also if you if you dare say that anybody from Boston has ever been a racist, uh, Albert Breer will go crazy on you with uh, with a bunch of racism. <laughs> so uh, Peter King's biggest crime, I think, is. The, the, some of the people that he has employed and empowered. So uh, one of them is definitely Albert Breer. So he's he's going to be my third pick, and he was actually my winner for a uh, most odious guy of the year for 2017. And then with my fourth pick, and I, I still have a, a lot of good guys on my board here, so I'm trying to think of where to go. Um, 
I guess I'll go with Colin Coward because it's not just that Colin Coward is like is like odious, but it's also irritating to me how like for some reason like he gets away with it. Like like he's always on ads as if he's like a mainstream guy. Like if you remember the stuff he said about John Wall, mm-hmm. which was despicable. How about how about the stuff he said about Sean Taylor, by the way? After Sean Taylor was murdered, he blamed Sean Taylor for getting murdered and said that Sean Taylor was a thug who deserved it. And then of course it turned out that the guys who broke into his house, you know, didn't know him, had nothing to do with him, they didn't think he was home, they were just stealing him. Um so yeah, so Colin Coward's pretty bad. And uh, so he's my fourth pick. Okay, my fourth pick, right? I get the next two. Is, yeah, you get to your last. It, two I, picks. I can't believe this guy's went so long, and he is. He, we shouldn't even acknowledge him, take him seriously. But in draft like this, I feel like you have to, and that's Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless, you know, yeah. just tweeted the other day about how like Nick Saban's time at Alabama should be done because he doesn't have it anymore, <laughs> uh, even though he's lost, uh, I think, two games by more than seven points in the last eight years or something like that. Yeah. Uh, They've been an underdog once in the last 111 the, games, and they won that game by four yeah, touchdowns. The, you know, the trolling of LeBron is a cottage industry for which many people get paid, but I don't respect anybody who does it. Uh, I, you know, I was like, the more I was looking at the numbers the other day, LeBron is much better than Jordan, and anybody who thinks otherwise is stupid. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Skip Bayless, number four on my list. And then my number five, it's, it's tough because I really hate Jimmy Traina. Do you know who Jimmy Traina is? Yeah. He works for Sports Illustrated. He went to Fox News for a while, got fired. Sports Illustrated took him back. He's like a perfect embodiment of Sports Illustrated in 2017. Like, thinks anyone who cares about advanced sports is an actual moron. Um, Doesn't really have any POV. What does he do? He just, like, has an article every day where he, like, links to an old story about The Rock. Can't write. Isn't interesting or funny. I Like, has a podcast, but, like, what, what is it about? He really sucks. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't like him, but my pick is not going to be him. It's going to be Mike Lombardi because Lombardi's still riding the Doug Peterson, Doug, <laughs> Doug Peterson's bad train. Lombardi yeah. is, is very much like Lombardi would have been great as a sports writer in like 1985. But I, I just think, yeah. I just think like he has nothing to offer like the modern fan and, uh, you know, all other than like a lot of Goodfellas references as if, as if that's like uh, up to date. I don't know what Simmons sees in him. It really still bothers me. And that's my final pick. By the way, Simmons has got to be uh, really happy to not be drafted. Yeah, no, draft. people who um, wrote in their lists had a lot of people had Simmons, but yeah, like listen, I, here's the thing: Skip Bayless. Most of these people, me, everyone we mentioned, like you should completely avoid. Like has Simmons, like yeah. his podcast every week with Cousin Sal is, is funny. Like there, there are things he does that are still worth consuming, even though a lot of it isn't. Whereas everyone I think we've yeah. mentioned is, it, you know, is a stay away at all costs. Yeah, um, the. Yeah, so my issue with Skip Bayless is just that he—it's all an act. He's Ann Coulter. He doesn't believe any of it. If you know, he's just doing it for fake. Right. Uh, which is not a defense of him. I had him. I had him on my rank. I had him number eight on my chart. So for and you picked him overall, uh, eighth overall. So that that's fair. That's exactly where he should go. I think. All right, with my last pick, when you said you were going to go local, I didn't realize you were going all the way to the Mets. I thought you were going to take this guy. Um, no, the Jets probably doesn't. Management is the Jets, right? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the Jets. Uh, there's really there's a couple ways I can go here. Uh, Andy Benoit, I could take. He's who, awful. Uh, yeah. Is He's Albert Breer light, but I already have Albert Breer, and so that's sort of like a team with uh, you know with Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins. They're a little bit repetitive of each other, so I'm going to go with with a local New York writer, Phil Mushnick. Ooh. Phil Mushnick, you know, you said you said Mike Lombardi would be a great uh, '80s columnist. Uh, Phil Mushnick still is that. Uh, can, can I just read you some Phil Mushnick headlines from uh, this year, please? <laughs> or. Um, <laughs> All right, so first, or, 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 or not the headlines, but here's like the synopsis of his pieces, okay? Mm-hmm. So he says, um, all right, here's one where he says, oh, let me find it. Um, this is a, why Colin Kaepernick is wrong. It's not a black and white issue. That's a headline, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, but Phil Mushnick, <laughs> by the way, you know what he hates more than anything in the world? What, black people? No, you're, it's something, something specific. Rap music. It's his least, yes. still his least favorite thing. He, he's a, like his big stance is he's anti-rap music. He spent the whole '90s taking on the WWE. He's very anti-wrestling, um, and and, but, and not because of concussions, by the way, because he thinks it's like they set a bad example for kids when they used to do like the suck it chant and stuff like that. Uh, he's probably pro concussions yeah. or believes they're a myth. And he spent he spent yeah. the last thirty years chasing after Mike Francesa, and now he's got no one. To, that was his like white whale, and now he's he's got no one to chase after. Yeah. So hold on. So here's some. So here's something about Colin Kaepernick. He says uh, during the Trayvon Martin killing in Florida, NBA players wore hoodies to symbolize the stereotyping that inspired Martin's assailant George Zimmerman. Yet in the months before and after the NBA protest, crimes commonly were committed and still are by those trying to obscure the identities beneath hoodies. So uh, you know, blaming Trayvon Martin for wearing a hoodie. Yep. That's not good. Not good. Uh, then he <laughs> then he says, uh, here's another one. This is about. Uh, Donald Sterling. He's on Tuesday. The NBA said its social and racial sensitivity bar at its highest rung. It lynched a mean old fool who committed the crime of being overheard speaking like Ooh, one. pro so, Donald yeah. Sterling. That's a hot take. Okay. <laughs> he was lynched. Donald Sterling was lynched. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> the pro Donald Sterling uh, take. Yeah, that's he, an old one. He also said, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, he says, would it be shocking if Deshaun Jackson, who's affiliated with a gang and thus likely to be a party witness or have knowledge of blood and body bag crimes? <laughs> so he thinks it's likely that Deshaun Jackson has witnessed murders. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so yeah, don't even get to the hippity hop. So Phil Mushnick for me uh, to get him in the last round, I think that's a that is solid a good pick. pick. Not everyone knows who he is. That's yeah. that's the tricky part. But yeah, Mushnick when yeah. Francesa retired, Mushnick wrote that Francesa is he's never known a meaner or less knowledgeable person. Uh, and and like Francesa said, he's never turned down an autograph in thirty years. I will say that in a one month span in about nineteen ninety five, I met both Mike Francesa and Phil Mushnick, and Mike gave me an autograph and talked to me about football. And Phil Mushnick at a bar mitzvah at the, when I was sitting at the table next to him, uh, didn't know who the Giants were playing. It was Saturday night. Had no idea who the Giants were playing the next day, and which I remember it as like a 12-year-old being surprised about. I thought he was like a sports writer. I had to know something about sports. And was like very – I like I read his article on Friday the day before, so I had something to talk with him about. He was not interested, uh, even though he wasn't doing anything. And um, Why was he at this bar mitzvah? Uh, he, my mom and, and him, I guess, have a mutual friend. And – uh, he wasn't like the- he's, he's he's not a member of the tribe. Yeah, is yeah, he? he is. He is. Oh boy. Uh, oh, as boy. far as I know, I mean, he went to he like uh, yeah, I, yeah, I I think he was. Um, and uh, yeah, and he was like uh, very full of himself, yeah. as if like he constantly gets uh, bombarded by uh, fans, like twelve year old fans who knew who he, who read the yeah. New York Post, and it wasn't just me on Earth who, who knew who he was. Um, yeah, so he sucks. So anyway, my team. Of Meta. By the way, hold yeah. on. Here's a, here's another Phil Mushnick column. The headline, which actually in hindsight turns out, remember how Adrian Peterson had a son that was killed? Yes. And this is before we found out that Adrian Peterson was actually, uh, you know, abusing children himself. So Mushnick may have to come out on the right, right side of this one. But at the time, he said that Adrian Peterson is a thug and at fault for his son's death. <laughs> he didn't have anything to do with his son. He had nothing to do. Well, yeah, I think that was the criticism. Yeah. But now, again, in hindsight, uh, Adrian Peterson did a lot of terrible things to a lot of children, but uh, not that one. Right. So. Well, <laughs> he was right once. All right. Um, my yeah, team, clock, Peter exactly. King, Britt McHenry, Manish Mehta, Mike Lombardi, Skip Bayless, and your team has? Kurt Schilling, Jason Whitlock, Albert Breer, Colin Coward, and Phil Mushkin. Nobody drafted Clay Travis. That's another Ann Coulter type who, you know, yeah. would join any side for money, basically. But we're not big college football yeah. guys that, you know— He's he's very polarizing in in, in that world. Um, yeah, the only guy on my also called the only guy on my board that didn't go is Brent Musburger. Uh, no, I think he. Why Mus- is he so bad? 
Well, okay, so first of all, yeah, Brent Musburger, he's the one, he was tweeting out, like, super anti-49, he basically rooted against the 49ers every week in perpetuity because of Colin Kaepernick. He just tweeted out a couple weeks ago, right before they got Jimmy Garoppolo, actually, that the 49ers would never win again as punishment for unleashing the kneeling across all of America. That's crazy. I had no idea he he, he had any opinions on stuff like that. Oh, in 1968, he called Tommy Smith and John Carlos, quote, black-skinned stormtroopers. No, that's not great. Yeah, not great. But also, he's like he, like a lot of teams hate him. Like uh, in the 2008 um, USC Nebraska game, he had like USC during practice that week. They, he had like they, they had let him see like their secret hand signals, and he wasn't supposed to talk about it on the air. And he talked about it on the air, which like got radio down to like the Nebraska sideline. Oh wow! And so like Nebraska, that's something you would do if yeah, you were so now, sir. Accidentally <laughs> spill the beans. Yeah, so uh, Musburger's kind of a creep in a lot of ways. But yeah, but he doesn't have sort of the, the reputation. And also he's essentially draft, retired. So. Like, I know he's doing a betting thing, but he's not really in the public eye much yeah. anymore. Yeah, and, and you could argue, like, the Colin Kaepernick take, yeah, he's an old man, you know, whatever. Like, you know, even um, e- even everybody's beloved. Vince Scully is, it said he never watched Yeah, even Vince Scully had some, had some Kaepernick takes. But again, Musburger was having, you know, uh, pretty harsh takes uh, 40 years ago. Yeah. So yeah, he's not new to that game. All right, so uh, I think that's it. Next week we'll be back. I think we will have at least one guest from a team playing in the divisional round. Yeah, I mean, do you want to have guests? I don't know. I, I, we, we did it a couple of times. I feel like let's mix it up and not have guests until closer to the Super Bowl. I mean, you're welcome to come on if Vikings are in it. <laughs> I'm welcome to come on. Yeah, you're welcome to come on the show. Sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll say this. I think that if, I guess it depends who advances. For example, if the Bills win again, I think we have to have Dale Hodge, yeah, yeah, our Bills, Bills fan. Win again. If the Bills become a story, we can have a Bills fan. Like, we don't need to speak to, like, our, you know, it happens to be our usual guests, like Mike Clark and Crumley, who, you know, are teams that, uh, we, the guys who we've spoken to the most. You know, we could wait till the AC Championship came and speak to them, probably. Yeah, and we're kind of sick of those teams. And also, there's no chance of those teams having a relevant game for t- two and a half Probably weeks, true. So. All right, Akiva, uh, I will talk to you next week. Bye. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. I have to praise you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.